0: Hello and thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Marvin. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We are starting another little series, but it'll be... Littler than the last uh, series we did, which was the Ten Commandments. But we thought, um, as these episodes are going to be airing for the first time during the beautiful month of May, which is the month of Mary, Mm -hmm. that it would be a lovely way to honor her and to try to go deeper into relationship with her to really take a look at the mysteries of the joyful mysteries of the rosary, which are so, you know, centered on these amazing things that the Lord did in the life of Mary yes. uh, as it related to her um, motherhood to Jesus. So we're going to take um, all of those uh, mysteries from the Joyful Mysteries and just do an episode on each one through the month of May. Just kind of ponder more deeply uh, what is contained in those uh, right. episodes and just really try to go deeper in understanding how we can grow in relationship with Mary through what's in those and learn more about ourselves and and all that. And so
1: for some of our listeners that may never have prayed the rosary or or are a little unfamiliar with the rosary, I like for us to to add in there too, Megan, um, more why we pray the rosary as Catholics as well. Let's add Mm -hmm. a little bit of that in there. Sure. Um, And I love the part, when I learned as a convert that it really tells the story of Jesus' life, right? There's so Mm -hmm. many events in his life. And so when we pray the rosary, we're really contemplating Jesus. It's not just about, it's not primarily about Mary at all. It's definitely about Jesus. And I think that's such a great Little starting point with these joyful mysteries, which I love so very much, because who doesn't need a big boost of joy in these day and times?:
0: Right. I think that you bring up a really good point, Pam, which is the, basically the central tenet of all Marian theology can be summarized in one concept. She points back to Christ. Every That's time. every time. It's she just her whole deal is to lead people to her son. And so, because we desire that more than anything else, to grow closer to our Lord and Savior Amen. Jesus, we're going to um, seek the help of Mama. our mother. and uh, Who is your mother.
1: Yes. Yes. Indeed. What did he
0: say from the cross? Yeah, Behold your mother. Mm-hmm. So we really think that the best way to go about this is to actually read at the beginning of each podcast the account of what's happening in the rosary uh, mystery. Uh regarding the one we'll be discussing. And so um, for those of you who are familiar with uh, the Gospels, we're going to be hanging out in Luke because (laughs) Luke is often considered the Marian Gospel in the sense that most of the, pretty much all of the episodes that have to do with Mary, particularly the things that no one else would have known except for Mary are in Luke. And it is traditionally held that Luke probably interviewed Mary to write his gospel, wow. which I just think is amazing to contemplate. Like, mm-hmm. just can you imagine just being Luke, be like, Mother, can we sit down and chat? Could you tell me the stories from your perspective? Yeah, I want to mm-hmm. hear your heart about how you know everything happened. Just and how precious it must have been for mary to to revisit those beautiful times which i'm sure she revisited many times in her heart but maybe just wasn't one who was going to be you know like me talking all the time but just you know maybe quieter pondered the things in her heart but just to have that that listening ear of luke who wanted to give an accurate and beautiful testimony of of her experience so i just want to say thank you thank you saint luke For giving us these words. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for inspiring Luke to ask Mary and all the ways that you worked in the life of Mary. This, thank you. I mean, what a great, great cloud of witnesses we have. So thankful. I think that often,
1: too, Megan, is just how much benefit I personally have gleaned from the life of Mary and the life of the saints, um, they always point us toward virtue. And it's just almost like looking to your ancestors say, well, how did you do it? Cause that you saved me some time, mm-hmm. you know? So, right. So
0: with that, let's talk about the Annunciation. Mm-hmm. So uh, that will bring us to Luke chapter one verse, starting with verse 26 and we'll end with verse 38. In the sixth month, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The word of the Lord. Mm,
1: thanks be to God. Wow. I just, I, I really um, enter into that passage. Like as you're reading it, I can just see what she must have seen. You know, there's so many depictions now and in, in movies and whatnot, but um, I think one of my favorite really is that she was a little bit frightened and mm-hmm. the angel appeared to her. Um, it was a beautiful Beautiful scene in my mind. Anyway, I love that. Also, when I pray the Rosary, try to do that imaginative prayer about what's going mm-hmm. on at that point. Um, it's beautiful. So, obviously, one of the biggest virtues that pops out at me with this that I actually pray for, like a fruit, right, mm-hmm. Megan? There's so many fruits that you can glean from the Annunciation, but the one that really always jumps jumps out at me it was her perfect trust in the Lord, in God's
0: plan for mm-hmm. humanity. Yeah, and I think this receptivity I think comes mm-hmm. to me as well. It's uh there's a lot of receiving going on here. And in unless we trust, we cannot be free to receive. That's a really important thing to unpack. So true. Because I think often we wonder why We are not maybe more filled with zeal or we're not filled with joy or peace. We're wondering why we don't have these things. And the reality is things like joy, peace, hope, faith, all these things are gifts of the Lord, right? And so they are something that's meant to be received. And so we can't receive a gift if we aren't in a place of receptivity and we can't be free to feel safe to receive something unless we trust the giver. Right. Right. And so this reality of Mary's, she has already, I think we can tell established a great level of trust. I'd say in two things in particular that really stick out to me. She trusts that the Lord will do amazing things. An angel has appeared to her and she believes that that's what's actually happening and isn't thinking, clearly I have lost my mind. (laughs) I must be going insane now because I'm seeing something that looks completely supernatural. Like there's no sense that she's, In a place of this can't be happening. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. Right. 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 Can we really honestly say in our lives, if we were presented with such a obviously supernatural event right in front of us, that we would be trusting that that's real. No, too much concupiscence, I think. <laughs> Standing in the way of that one. Which makes a good point. Yeah. About that what is truly, truly stand out about Mary is that she didn't have that. That's right. And how in her perfect innocence, she also has perfect receptivity. Mm. Yeah, perfect trust.
1: And the other word that comes to mind... That's just the sister of all these all is that surrender we talk about, just mm-hmm. surrendering to God's will. Because you can, when I think of surrender, I think of a relaxing, I think of letting the Lord do as he wills and resting in him and his will.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think this is a really good um one the most perfect example of that perfect surrender, perfect trust, receptivity. Right. Yeah. Oh, that we could
0: have a little bit more of those virtues. Mm-hmm. And it, so when it relates to the that trust question of trusting, yes, that the Lord will do great and mighty things. And so when it happens, we're not like just totally in doubt that that, that it's real. Then then we can rest in that and then trusting that the great and mighty things that he will do are good because like for example say if you're if your thought about a person was that they were out to get you that they were you know somehow angry vengeful whatever is your sense of if they want to give you if they're going to give you something that seems really weird and out of the ordinary Are you going to be just trusting that it's going to be a good thing?
1: Right, right.
0: And the sad reality is I think a lot of us, we relate to God as more, you know, someone who's disappointed in us. Maybe he's going to want to punish us for things, Want you know, vengeful, these sort of things. Well, if that's how we feel, we're not going to trust him.
1: Right, Megan, I want to um, just kind of reference... Our last episode was Megan's um, receptivity to mm-hmm. the gift of tongues. And she mentioned quite a few times in there one thing that mostly holds us back in situations that didn't hold Mary, obviously. And that is the lies that we buy about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Megan, the longer I'm on the planet, the more I see that's It's an everyday thing all of our lives. Is there a lie that I've bought because... In a way, that is our concupiscence where we buy it, you know. Mm -hmm. We would reject it completely and totally if we knew who we are and whose we are, right? Exactly. You know, so I think that's a really good lesson for us as we ponder Mary in the Annunciation to say, what stifles my receptivity? What stops me from letting the Lord in
0: completely? Mm -hmm.
1: Do we not trust him? Do we not feel we're worthy?
0: Yeah, I love that you brought that up because we often think of Mary as a beautiful model of humility, right? Exactly. But she never once in this whole passage says, Oh no, I'm not worthy of being the mother of the Messiah. Clearly you've made a mistake. You must there's somebody must be better. That could be out there, right? Which would be what? False humility. False mm-hmm. That would be a lie. There is no one better. The Lord chose her. Why did he choose her? Because he knows his business. And she's not questioning the, the choice of the Lord. Right. But how often in our desire to feel like we're being humble or that we're showing humility, do we... Have false humility, which really is just the double negative that equals pride. Mm. False humility says, oh, I know better than God. Clearly he made a mistake when he chose me for this. Mm. No, he didn't make a mistake. You know? And so to know the truth of herself, to have true humility that says, if the Lord has chosen me, I must be the right person for this job. Right, right. So humility, it, it, when you're saying that, I thought of her perfect
1: docility to the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit too. So that's another type of um, virtue that's exhibited in the Annunciation is just her docility to the movements of the Holy Spirit. So beautiful. Oh, I'd like to take, can you just put that in, bottle it and let me have a little sip of it because I want all of that all in one.
0: <laughs> all right. Yeah. Beautiful. So in this uh, passage where, you know, she's hearing from an angel about the fact that she's going to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and receive the Lord in her womb. I find it also interesting that she does ask how it's going to happen. And you often hear it contrasted about in, you know, previous, you know, some chapters previous to the, well, not chapters, verses, sorry, because it's all in the same chapter. When um, the announcement that John the Baptist is going to be born to Elizabeth to uh, his father, Zechariah, he's like, how's that going to happen, right? She's barren and, and he gets struck, you know, mute. That's right. And so, but it seems similar, right? That Mary's like, well, how is this to be? Because I haven't had relations with man. And so I think it's important to maybe talk a little bit about that distinction because I think the reality is, is she's ass- when she asks, she's assuming it will be But she doesn't understand the process because she doesn't know of any other process of how a child is begotten. God's ways. Right. right. Uh But I think the fact that she says, how will this be? The will, it will be, I trust that it will be. So could you just let me know how you're going to go about it so I can be prepared to receive what the Lord's going to give, Mm -hmm. right? For sure. So that sense of, even in our questioning, there can be differences in our hearts as far as our intentions. You know, it's not wrong or sinful to ask the Lord you know, how are you going to accomplish something in me? But it is to doubt that he can accomplish something in you. Right. Exactly.
1: Mm, That's a hard one. Honestly, Megan, because we in our own sinfulness say, well, I, I doubt that I'm going to, receive you perfectly in your intentions. Like I don't I don't trust me.
0: I trust mm-hmm. you, Lord, you know. Right. I don't know that I could actually capable of that yeah. because Well, that's questioning your own capabilities, yeah. not questioning the capabilities of God. That's if true. you it's different to say I don't think God can do that. Mm. You know, and and in this very passage, you know, Gabriel brings up the situation with Elizabeth. That's right. You know, and and says and reminds her All things are possible for God or nothing will be impossible for God. However, however your version says it, nothing will be impossible for God. That, that statement, nothing will be impossible for God. Mm -hmm. That is actually, I think the foundation of trust. Indeed. Indeed. And that's a place of discernment in one's life. Whenever you're feeling afraid, confused, lack of peace, anxious, anxious, all of those feelings that just can so commonly well up in us, control us, you know, be our focus. You can take that one passage. Do I believe all things are possible for God? Nothing is impossible for God. Do I believe it? Do I believe it? Do I truly believe it? And if you, if the answer is, you know what? Maybe in this place I'm struggling to believe it. What comes next? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Mm, amen. Mm, should we say that every
1: day? I think I could. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. We should start the day I do. with it. Increase
0: my faith. And I do want to also point out um, how, and, and I know people who are familiar with scripture have heard this before, but for those of you who haven't heard it possibly, when he when the angel says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, that term, overshadow you, it's the same f- term that's used in the Old Testament when it talks about the spirit of the Lord descending upon the Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. And so that's a very important intentional way that this is expressed in the Bible to call to mind the reality that within the womb of Mary, the presence of God will truly dwell and she becomes the new Ark of the Covenant. And I will give you a little heads up that in our next podcast, when we talk about the second joyful mystery, which is the um, visitation, we'll unpack that concept a little more because that is actually really, really neat. And for those of you who haven't heard the parallels to the Old Testament of that particular passage, you'll want to tune in because it's fun. That's right. That's a great teaser, Megan. I love it. There you go. Yeah. So we are coming up, you know, on the end of this episode. And so are there any just kind of wrap up f- thoughts, feelings about mm. this
1: particular? Well, the receptivity, that's the one I'm going to take away from it. So today we talked about um, trust, surrender, and receptivity. And um, questioning the lies that hold you back from being receptive. So, those are things to ponder. I think we'll take away with this episode, take to prayer, to mm-hmm. see what holds us back from that receptivity to the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, I think for me, because I'm also wanting, you know, to use these these podcasts as an opportunity to think about how we can grow in a relationship with Mary. You know, as you pray on those topics, particularly, I think that sense of growing in greater trust of the Lord so that you can be more receptive. I think there's also this idea of how can we grow also in trust of Mary's motherhood in our own lives, that just as she was open and desirous of receiving Jesus in her womb, that she's very, very desirous of receiving us as well. And that we allow ourselves to be enfolded by Mary and to really try to grow in the acceptance of her as our mother and open our hearts to her and be receptive to her love. Because, you know, it's interesting. I have a lot of women that I've talked to, you know, in spiritual direction and friendships and things that talk about that one of the hardest things in their lives sometimes is that they have so much love they want to give to people in their lives, and the people don't want to receive it. Mm. And so it's not just that we can give to others, but that we can be a gift in our own receptivity towards the love that they want to give. And Mary wants to pour out love onto us and just love on us like her little children That's and just right. gather us in like that mother hen, wrap us in her mantle, rock us to sleep, you know, whisper words of love into our ear, draw us closer to Jesus who who lives right there with her. And so may we also open ourselves in receptivity to Mary's beautiful maternal love. Amen. All right. Well, until next time, this has been Shoulder to Shoulder. God bless.
1: God bless.